0: The feel knots episode one hundred and ninety four,
1: the one where I am Sam. Sam, I am.
0: The feel knots podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. <laughs> It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo poets out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The, the, the Theronauts! 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 Yes, we yes. are. That's right. How are you doing, David? I'm doing good. Yeah? So, you know, it, it's kind of like, how do we how do we follow up our last Theonauts episode?
1: I, I don't know if there's any way to follow up. I told <laughs> you, in that episode, it's all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> What's sad is, we're not even at episode 200, and I'm worried, like, actually worried. Like, what are we going to do for episode 200 that's going to take this to a whole not level because i mean <clears throat> honestly yeah. after dallas jenkins i don't think we can get any any better
0: <laughs> yeah so um wow <laughs> we yeah we are almost there 194 man
1: 194 so what should we do for our 200th episode that's a that's a good question and maybe if you're a theonauts fan and you want to chime in on that You should totally do that, you know. Let us know. Drop us a line and a buck or two on Patreon. But drop (laughs) us a line and let us know what you want to hear for the 200th episode. Can you believe 200 episodes in almost?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Of course, at the rate we do them, it'll probably be the end of the year before we hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: this isn't actually that bad. I mean, it's only been two weeks since the last one. Yeah. That's well, not too bad. That's not too shabby, you know. So, but, uh,
0: uh, speaking of Dallas Jenkins, he's going to be in Dallas, Texas uh this next week on Wednesday. Now, does
1: he live there yet?
0: No. I don't think so.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So he's but, he's he's moving to Texas.
0: Yeah. He's in California right now, according to uh social media. Are you stalking him? Well, they're they're <laughs> Yeah, uh, somewhat No, no. But uh, we are uh, the, Or I said we See like I'm part of the thing Like yeah, I'm part of the chosen. Doing Yeah, we're, We are Yeah It's kind of like you and the Sooners You know it's right. like We lost It's like you never went there Right
1: <laughs> Ouch <laughs> Ouch But you know <laughs> Gonna be throwing barbs this early into the episode yeah. Hold on to your seats folks <laughs>
0: um, But yeah This it's coming
1: just... from a guy who wears a Scottish kilt by the way <laughs>
0: Yes, and I would have been a pretender until I found out I'm actually Scottish. There you so go. There you go. Or at least my family is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but they, they are finishing up episode six, seven, and eight right now in California. And uh, so then they're going to make a jaunt down here to, to Texas to, to do episode six uh, as a, a live stream from Dallas, Texas. So that'll be cool.
1: Yeah, and you're going to watch it, right?
0: Yes. Uh, they did this thing where it was like, uh, if you're on their mailing list or your their text list, you got this offer. The, the tickets were free. And it was like they had about a 1,000 seats, first come, first serve. And he was like, you know... If we don't fill them up with the text, then we'll send out in our email list. And if it doesn't fill up there, we'll go put it on social media. Well, they did 10 minutes into the thing. Oh,
1: it filled up, yeah. And it
0: was completely sold out. So, But Wait, you I, got one. Got, got tickets to it, yeah, so that was good.
1: Are you and Melanie going or just you?
0: Me and Melanie. Oh, that's
1: nice. That'll
0: yes. be a great date. <laughs> How fun. Yeah, it's at the Gaylord.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Now, there was some serious controversy over episode five.
0: Oh, wasn't there?
1: That was crazy. I mean, and I just actually, I finally got around to watching it yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I've been wanting to, but, you know, I got so busy. But, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, People are so stressed about, you know, Mary we call it backsliding, I don't know, falling yeah. into temptation, struggling with sin. But she's triggered by an event that, that causes her to 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 go off on a, a bad road for a little bit. And here all these people are like, Oh, she would have never done that. You know, this is that's terrible. I can't believe that they would, you know, portray her as once she meets Jesus, she never goes back to that life. And I'm like, um do you yeah. not Tell like, Tell
0: that to Peter? Right,
1: do you not read scripture? Because look at, I mean, Peter's the best example we have. Look at Peter. The guy, I mean, ends up quitting and going back fishing because he thinks he's done, right? After he's denied Christ three times. Uh, look at Judas, by the way, who yeah. was a disciple of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Jesus what did he do? Like everybody else did. So
0: <clears throat>
1: there's that terrible ideal that, Once you see Jesus, once you meet Jesus, it's an upward, you know, hill from there, and that's total bullcrap,
0: honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we we are gonna have trials and troubles, and he he comes around and tells us all that. Like, I don't know why this is controversial, but that wasn't the only thing. Like, people getting all upset because Jesus was rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount for ten seconds, you know, and. He's like, he's the son of God. He wouldn't need to rehearse. He wouldn't need to practice or prep. And it's like, really, guys? Come on. Like, he's fully human. And that's part of what the show's trying to convey to us.
1: Right. Is that know, he's not only
0: fully God. He is fully human, too.
1: I was able to connect so much on that that part of the episode simply because I've been there, and so have you. When yeah. we're, we're getting ready to speak... God's truth to a group of people—it's—it's—it's it's, it's stressful, and we we need to practice to study to show ourselves approved. And Jesus is that example, right? He he did. Mm-hmm. I think he did the same thing. I mean, he he yeah. was speaking to thousands, and he wanted to make sure his words were correct and and what he was saying had the deepest impact. And so, of course, I think <clears> he would <throat> practice. It doesn't negate his deity at all <laughs> it yeah. just shows forth this humanity which is an aspect of who jesus was so all you well, naysayers
0: and, and dallas said you know if they don't like that the 10 seconds that that was in episode five they're gonna hate episode eight <laughs> well because there's more of that coming right um, so that's that's great i love that but uh And then everyone got up in the trees about uh, John the Baptist and Jesus not agreeing on exactly how to minister. You know, Jesus had an issue with John going to... Going straight at him. ...to Herod. And, you know, John had an issue with Jesus being too soft-spoken and not uh, being crazy about it, And uh, which I think is great because... They did have two very different ministry styles, mm-hmm. and they would have been friends because they were cousins. Like there would there would have been. This is natural. This this made it seem very real to me. I didn't have a problem with any of
1: no, any and of none that. of it goes against scripture, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, unless it out and out goes against what scripture says. Shut your mouth. You know, Just enjoy relax. the show. Just-
0: and and it's not there to replace scripture anymore. No, it's, it's there to lead you to scripture. You know, go, go read what this is. You know, this is just fleshing out plausible things that could have happened in and around the scriptures. Right. So, I I still think the show's great. I love it. Me too. It's amazing. Good job, Dallas.
1: If you're listening. Yes, we, we loved episode five. And keep keep uh, challenging us. I think and you're we, doing a great job. so we en- enjoy having
0: you on the show, too. <laughs> 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 all right, we're ready to dive into this um, into this theonautical episode.
1: I'm all for it. Let's do it. All right
0: It's big word Thursday.
1: <laughs> are we learning a new word today, David?
0: Yes, today's I, word begins with the letter
1: Kai. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> You're going Greek on me, are you?
0: We're sponsored. We're sponsored by the letter Kai. Sponsored In by the letter Kai. Siri's <laughs> trying to.
1: I heard that <laughs> it's, it's, it went, Siri went crazy on me. She's she's like Kai. Kai, you mean Adam. Thai food? <laughs> so, so so we're talking about chiasms today. Something I really and again, I've uh, I've been uh a student of scripture for most of my life and uh I've really never hashed this out until this last semester in my Old Testament class is the first really? time I really found out about <clears> this.
0: <throat> That's so good. Yeah. It's, it, it's always cool when we start discovering new things. Yes and uh so but wait, yeah go ahead go ahead <laughs> well i was just going to say that the thing that i like about this is well for one i love the poetry of the scriptures yes and uh so yes big big word episode uh but we're not talking above your heads this is a very simple concept uh we're, we're going to be talking about chiastic structure. Uh, or chiasms, and the word is derivative from the Greek letter chi, right um, which is the first letter in the name of Christ or in the title of Christ christos and so that 's where it 's derived from and um, but it is a um, it is a poetic structure um, i would I started to say he- hebraic or hebrews uh, structure but it's it goes way beyond hebrew yes like uh like we all know you you quoted dr seuss that was brilliant by the way that was because that was a a chiasm
1: (laughs) actually the entire book is a chiasm green eggs and (laughs) ham is a chiastic book (laughs) i'll give you another one lord of the flies is a chiastic book Really? Yes. In fact, we see chiasms in all types of scripture, but the fact, or all types of books, all types of literature. But the fact that we find it in a simple book like Green Eggs and Ham should encourage you as a listener and encourage me as a studier that we can get this concept. It's not that hard a concept. So, yeah. what you know, is chiasmic structure, David?
0: Well, I'm, I mainly wanted to present it as a way where, you know, we've... We've we've had it's been a while since we've had some really good theology (laughs) on the theonauts, at least from the standpoint of how to understand your Bible and hermeneutics and that sort of thing. And if you don't remember what those words mean, go back to our very first episode. (laughs) So um, uh, hermeneutics is basically how you understand the scripture, like tools that you use in your study. That help you to interpret what you're reading, and this is another way to doing that because the uh, the Hebrews were very poetic, and and, chi- and uh, a chiasm is just a poetic structure. Right. But if you if you go into the reading with that in mind you start to pick up things you would not have thought of earlier. Like you might read a passage and go, what in the world does that mean? And why would he state it that way? And why is he repeating himself? You know, uh, even Monty Python, you know, kind of makes fun of the Bible whenever they're Mm -hmm. doing the holy hand grenade of Antioch. And, you know, you've got, he's reading from the second book of Armaments. And it's like... (laughs) He's repeating himself and he's... Three shall it. be the number of thy counting. Thou shalt not count four. Yes,
1: Thou shalt not count to two unless thou proceedest to three.
0: Yes, Five there's a chiasm in there. Yeah, there's even a chiasm in there. Right. You know, three <laughs> shall be the number of counting and the number of the counting shall be shall three. Be <laughs> so, um So they're making fun of it, but the reason why it's written that way is, be- is because... There is structure in the – there's poetic structure in especially the, he, the Old Testament and the Hebrew Bible, but the entire Bible is full of it. And it, um, it basically is this. It is a folding of words. Yeah. So you take um, – probably the easiest way that it's usually explained is with the letters A, B, B, A. So right. – Like, if you look at the word, you might read ABBA. But if you look at the structure of it, there is, let's say, A is a concept, and then B is a concept. But then you repeat that concept and go B, and then you repeat the first concept and go A. So it's like, I think the easiest way to understand it is it's like a sandwich. You got bread on the bottom, and you got bread on the top. And then, let's say, you have a slice of cheese next, and you have a slice of cheese on the bottom. And you have maybe some mustard on the top and you have some mustard on the bottom. And then right in the middle, you got meat. Yeah. And so whenever you have a chiastic structure that has an odd number of points to make, the one in the middle is the meat. Right. It it almost always is this... It builds you up to the point and then it reaffirms everything it just said. So
1: And even if it has an even <laughs> number of concepts, the, the the one in the middle, the B is mm-hmm. the meat, right? So A, B, B, A. The B is the focus. That's the the main point. And so when you're talking about hermeneutics, so we've we've discussed exegetical study. We've and the main concept that we focused on in our exegetical study is context is king, right? Yes. yes. So we need we need to put scripture in its context, right? Mm-hmm. Authorial intent is very important. We need to see what the author is writing about. What's, so he's trying to say, yeah, exactly. But there are also literary devices that we need mm-hmm. to look at, and one of the biggest ones is chiastic structure. In fact. Classic structure is seen all over scripture. hmm So when I first found this out, I was actually uh we were talking about the book of Daniel, and that was that was my first introduction to it.
0: <laughs> oh wow. You're gonna just go jump into the deep end of the pool all of a sudden.
1: I'm not, I'm not. So oh, okay. but the, the best way to the best way to think about it is just like you were saying, I another way to look at it is uh if you draw an X. Mm-hmm. The right side of the X, so it's like a, it's like an arrow, right? A chi,
0: a chi, By the way, looks like an X. Yes, the chi looks so, like an X. So sidebar: when you see Xmas, X M A S, that they're not taking Christ out of Christmas. That is an ancient representation, right? Because that's not an X. It's right. a chi. It's a chi. Christ. It means it's Christ, a, which is short for Christ. So, yes. Go ahead. Okay. So continue.
1: So if you follow the, the 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 left side of that X, it makes an arrow. it goes forward and then it goes backwards. So if you put the literary the verses, the Bible verses on that axis, you have a, b, c, d, d, c b a, right mm-hmm. and the the D is always the emphasis the point. yes. So
0: whatever's in the middle.
1: Right. Um, so if you read Psalms, this is like all over Psalms and Proverbs. Yes. Like just super all over Psalms and Proverbs. And the reason is because you
0: dive into like the actual scripture, let's give some very simplistic English examples that people have heard and they know, like you, you mentioned Sam, I am and all that. But, like, for example, we've all heard the the phrase, when the, when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yes. Okay, so, th- so that's a very common phrase. Why do you remember it? You remember it because of the structure that it's presented in. You remember it. It's like a song. Like whenever you memorize the ABCs because you sang them as a song, right? Exactly. So one of the reasons why you can remember when the going gets tough, the tough get going is because of the way it's presented. It's presented in a chiastic structure. Exactly. What's the point? Be tough. Right. What's the middle of that phrase? When the going gets tough, A, B, the tough, B, gets going, Right. And so that's basically, in a nutshell, the best way to probably understand what we're even talking about.
1: Yeah. So let me, let me hash out Sam I Am real quick. It's really interesting. If, okay. if you If you remember this childhood book, right? It starts green out with introducing ham. I Am Sam, Sam I Am, which, by the way, is a chiasm in and of itself. And then the guy asks, do you like green eggs and ham? He says, "Will you eat it here, or there?" He says, "I will not." You know, will you eat it in a house with a mouse, in a box with a fox, <laughs> in a car? Uh, you may like them. You will see in a tree, in a train, in the dark, in the rain, with a goat, uh, on a boat. Right? So he asks all these different rhyming, you know, places. Will he eat it? Yes. And then you get down to the <clears> middle <throat> of the book, and this is where Sam switches, and he tries it on on the on the. The, asked, the the center, it says, you don't like them, try them, and you may, I say. And then he says, I will try them, you will see. Say, I like green eggs and ham. And then he says, I'll eat them in a boat, I'll eat them with a goat, I'll eat them in a rain, in the dark, on a train, in a car, in a tree, on a box with, or in a box with a fox, in a house, with a mouse, here and there. I do like green eggs and ham, Sam, I am. So, like it's a mirror image. The book is a mirror image. It goes to the middle and then it goes reverse. And the center is the whole point of the book, which is try green eggs and ham and you might like it. Yes. So Dr. (laughs) Seuss's whole point was try it and you'll, you know, you'll see if you like it. Yeah.
0: Don't knock it till you try it.
1: That's right. Uh, so Another good way of describing this is a mirror image. Like, imagine you cut off, you know, half a picture, and then you hold a mirror up to it, and it's going to show you the whole picture again, right? Yes. It's holding a mirror up to the first part, so
0: so that's what chiasm is. Yeah, there's 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 very simple. You know, it's awesome uh, whenever you can like say a chiasm like off the top of your head or something, right? Uh, and Jesus was notorious for this like yes. Jesus did that a lot uh, one example of this is in Mark 2:27 uh whenever he's constantly getting beat up about the Sabbath mm-hmm. and about healing on the Sabbath and doing things this uh things like this and in in Mark 2:27 it says and he said to them the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath so what did he just do he just gave them a chiasm. A chiasm, so that uh, to help them to understand them, understand. Right. Um, so you were mentioning Psalms and Proverbs. So yes. I, I derailed you.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, you're fine. I was just saying that that. So Psalms and Proverbs are poetic books, right? Yes. And you can see see chiasm all through Psalms and Proverbs. Let's let's look at Psalm one. Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of the scornful. That's A. Mm-hmm. B. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. C. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth his fruit in season, his leaf also will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. And then C. Again, and it's a contrast. The ungodly aren't like that but like the chaff which the wind drives away so he's using that that mm-hmm. idea leaf will not <clears> wither <throat> whatever he does will prosper he's using the the picture of the uh of a plant right and then b therefore and so the chiasm here is a shift between the blessed man in the first half of the chapter and the cursed man
0: yeah, it's in comparison and contrast. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And then the ungodly are not so like chaff. And then he says in B, therefore the ungodly will not stand in the judgment. Unlike B on the first one, where he's in delighting in the word, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And then A, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the sinners shall perish. So the A in verse 1, the way of sinners... A and verse two or A and verse six. The way of the righteous, mm. right? So yeah. again, it's this.
0: It's a I folding. Mean, yeah,
1: the whole thing is a folding chiasm. And um, I, I should make mention that unless you read this in the original Hebrew, it's not obvious.
0: Yeah, you lose a lot. You lose
1: so much of it in the translation. And in the
0: but, chiasm. You, know, you lose a lot of poetry. Oh yeah, <laughs> in translation. Right, um, but you know, um, you know one of the one of the the verses that really got me thinking about this was um, Proverbs. So in Proverbs, there's many times when Solomon will say weird things, like there are six things that do this and seven that do seven that. that, yeah, and or there's three that do this and four that do that. And it's like, why is he saying it like this? Like, what is the point of this? So let me point out one very specific one that, to me, this is a perfect example of how once you understand that you're reading a poetic parallelism, you're reading a chiasm, once you understand that, it makes the verse mean so much more. It makes it so much clearer. Right. And that is Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. So I'm just going to read it straight out first. And I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have heard this this passage before. It says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among the brethren, or the brothers so if you read that on the face value of it he's like okay i'm about to give you a list of things that god hates he says (laughs) six of them he hates seven is an abomination that
1: last one's an abomination
0: (laughs) yeah so that's that so yeah so that's where it becomes weird because it's like he lists seven things after this. So the first, the first thing that you, th- you think as we are trying to interpret this is what does that first verse mean? When he says there are six things that the Lord hates and seven that are an abomination, is he trying to say, oh, that last one is the kicker? It's the one he hates the most? Or are all seven an abomination? Why word it like this? Well, he words it like this because what he's, what he's basically saying is, I'm about to give you a, chiasic, a chiasmic um, structure poet, uh, poetry. And, and that's what he's saying when he says there are six that he, that he hates and seven that are an abomination. How do you know what is the difference between the one that is just hateful and the one that is just a flat-out abomination? And that is the, the, the Hebrew reader who knew this, this poetic structure would have read it in a very clear way. So let's look at the seven things that he mentions. And I'm not going to necessarily look, him, look at them in order. I'm going to look at first and then last and then second and then second to the last and then third and then third to the last. Okay. That, that will give us a clearer picture as to what he's saying. So there's, there's seven things, which means there's a middle one. It's not an even number. So the middle one is the meat. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, the meat of the sandwich. So first off, he says, haughty eyes or prou- a proud look is, I think, what the King James says. Yep. Okay, let's go to uh, the last one. One who sows discord among brethren, brethren or brothers. Both of these are they're parallel. Both of them are dealing with pride. So a proud a, a proud person sows discord. And a proud person has a proud look. Yep. Okay, so the next step a lying tongue. Second to the last one says a false witness who breathes out lies. Well that's an obvious parallelism. You can see that he's saying the same thing. Liars. So he, he hates proud people. He hates liars. Let's look at the third one. Hands that shed innocent blood. Okay, third from the last says feet that make haste to run to evil. You see the parallelism? Parts of the body. Hands that shed blood and feet that go after evil. So, again, you see hateful things happening physically with hands and feet okay and then he says uh, if we look the, now we're up to number four which is the middle one that doesn't have a parallel statement which means this is the meat this is this is the whole point a heart that devises wicked plans <laughs> so now Looking at it from a structure that is parallel and a structure that is chiastic, what, which one is the abomination? The heart. It's the heart. It's the one right smack in the middle. So in, or, in order to understand from an interpretation standpoint, this passage it's pertinent that we understand that it is a poetic structure.
1: Can I give you can I give you something else that's very interesting in this? Sure. Uh, open it up to verse starting start at verse twelve instead of verse uh,
0: 16. <laughs> okay, hang 16. on because I had that written down, I'm gonna have to jump over to it in my Bible. Okay. I'll
1: wait. <clears throat> this is gonna blow you away. It's a chiasm and a chiasm.
0: <laughs> well, the whole Bible is basically a chiasm and a chiasm. <laughs> just
1: just wait for this, this is nuts. You're going, to be, you're going to be shocked. Okay. Okay. Which
0: verse do you want me to go to? Uh,
1: start, this is Proverbs? Yeah. Start at verse 12.
0: Proverbs 6, verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked a w- man. Is that where you're at? Yep. Okay. Goes about with crooked speech.
1: Okay. Now, look at verse 13 and Win- 13a.
0: Okay. Winks with his eyes.
1: Okay. Now, jump down to verse 17
0: Haughty eyes, a lying tongue.
1: Okay, now look yeah. at B. He speaks with his feet,
0: signals with his feet. Look Whoops. at
1: seventeen yeah. B. A lying tongue speaks yes. and lies, and hands look,
0: that shed innocent blood.
1: Look at C. He he teaches. He teaches with his fingers, and yes. then C his hands
0: <laughs> shed blood. So
1: so far you you have eyes, yeah. you have tongue, you have hands. And then D, or look at verse 14,
0: perverted heart,
1: perverted heart. And then look at 18, a heart, heart and then look at (laughs) perverted heart that devises mischief continually. Look at 18, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Yes. And then look at the last part of verse 14. He sows discord and look at verse 19. A false witness that speaks lies. He sows discord. Yeah. Do you see the Yes.
0: There's a pattern to all of this, which is for one, it's amazing how much of this stuff is in the Bible. Like how much thought would have had to have gone in by the authors to do it. Okay. So on top of that, so people talk about, you know, the Bible's not divinely inspired and blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, man. Well,
0: to me, this starts blowing the, that argument completely out of the water because not only are we dealing with a poet, Solomon, but we're dealing with his father, David, in the book of Psalms, and Moses and everybody else who, who wrote all of this stuff. Is using this pattern of thought. Right. It's just It's just a mind-blowing thing.
1: Well, and okay, so here's the deal. I mean, you see chiasm in single verses. Like the one you pointed out with Jesus. And they're, they're, those are all over the place, those chiasms. Yes. You see chiasms in full-on chapters. Yes. Like we just saw. You see chiasms in full stories. So, Noah's Flood...
0: Oh yeah, can I can I go through that one?
1: Get through, yeah, go that, through that because that's, that, that's one.
0: That's one of my. That's one of them that was on my list. Sure. So Noah's flood takes place early in the Torah, right. and and so we're we're in Genesis, uh, like chapter six, through chapter nine, and um, and so there's I want to do kind of the same thing we'll look at the first mention and then the last mention and show how it kind of comes together. And there's a point, like there's a point to Noah's flood and it's the meat of the chiasm. Right. Uh, so in, in chapter six, verse 10 is when we get Noah, uh, mentioned by name as being, uh, selected. Right. Mm -hmm. If we go to the very end, of the of of the um, of the reading we we have when uh, Noah in chapter 9 and 19 if we go back up to chapter 6 verse 10 it immediately mentions his sons Shem Ham and Japheth yep if we go down to chapter 9 verse 18 this is right uh, before we left off it talks about those sons and their generations Uh, Shem, ham and japheth um in chapter 6 verse 14 through 16 is whenever he says to build the ark you need to build the ark so uh so this is c i'm just going to label these as abc as we've been doing and c and c prime or a or a prime so c is the ark that's in chapter 6 verse 14 through 16 the ark Mm -hmm. needs to be built that's c prime Or C. And C prime is the ark needs to be left in 9 and 18. So you've got the ark needs to be built and the ark needs to be left. In D is the flood being announced in chapter 6, verse 17. There's going to be a global flood. If we go to uh, chapter 9, verse 11 through 17, we have D prime, which is there will never be a flood upon the earth again. Right. The promise. A a promise by God. Uh, E would be a covenant made with Noah that I will save you and your family. That's in chapter 6, verse 18 through 19. E prime is a covenant made with Noah or made with all flesh. Right. That's chapter 9, verse 8 through 10, that he wouldn't destroy the world this way again. Uh, F would be food that needs to be taken into the ark. This is chapter 6, verse 21. F prime is food being grown outside of the ark. This is chapter 9, verse 1 through 4. And then we have G is the command to enter the ark. Okay, so the flood's coming. You need to enter the ark. This is chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. G prime is the command to leave the ark, which is in chapter 8, verse 5 through 17, or 15 through 17. H would be that there's seven days of waiting for um, for the flood and so that's in chapter 7 verses 4 through 5 and H prime would be 7 days of waiting for waters to subside seed, yeah. and that is restated again in uh, chapter 7 verse uh, 7 through 10 more 7 days another 7 days of waiting and yet there's another 7 days of waiting in I prime which is uh, chapters 8 verse 10 through 11 uh, so going back up, there's the the order to enter, the command to enter into the ark, uh, which is in chapter 7, verse 11 through 15. And on the flip side of that, we have uh, a raven and a dove leaving the ark in chapter 8, verse 7 through 9. Uh, then you have uh, K would be the Lord shutting Noah into the ark. That's chapter 7, verse 16. K prime is Noah opening the window of the ark. That's chapter eight, verse six. Uh, we have L, which is the forty days of the flood upon the earth. That's chapter seven, verse seventeen. L prime is the end of the forty days, which is chapter eight, verse six. Then we have waters increasing and that would be m chapter 7 verse 17 through 18 m prime is the waters abating and going down that's chapter 8 verse 5 then you have o which is 150 days in which water prevailed upon the earth that's chapter 7 verse 21 through 24 and o prime is 150 days of the repeat of that. Hundred and fifty days, water abating. That's eight, chapter eight, verse three. And right in the middle, so this is going to be <laughs> the meat of it, is right. chapter eight, verse one. God remembers Noah. Yes. So wow. So all the whole of this focus <laughs> is and on so,
1: God remembering Noah.
0: Yes. And it, there's even more power to that when you understand what the Hebrew under that means. Like when it talks about God remembering, it doesn't mean God forgot at any point. That's, right. not, that's not what he's saying when he says God remembered Mo- Noah. What he's saying is God focused on his promise to Noah. Like there was special focus made upon him and that promise and so the word remember is is a very loose translation because the Hebrew is kind of hard to translate in that. But it's it's more of a remembering from the aspect of fo- of a, a loving focus on him. Yes. So it's God loving us. Like, right. it's God loving Noah that is at the center of the entire flood story. And, yep. And so you get that whenever you can finally realize – that there is a sandwich being made. This is a Dagwood sandwich. <laughs> 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 like well, there are layers and layers and layers of this thing, but there's right. still meat right in the middle of it. I love it.
1: Exactly. And the, I mean, again, like we find this throughout all of the Bible. My, my favorite one so far has been Daniel. So yes, Daniel yes. actually has a Double chiastic structure. <laughs> so, uh, for those that don't know, Daniel was actually written in two prime languages. The mm-hmm. first half of it's written in Aramaic, and then for some reason it switches, 8 through 12 is written in Hebrew. Yes. Right? But if you actually look at this from a chiastic standpoint, it makes total sense why Daniel did this. Hmm. So th- this is a big deal for me. It whenever I finally like realized this, it opened up my eyes to understanding Daniel in a whole new light. You know,
0: yes. most
1: of us we we like. So the Aramaic portion is a it's just basically the that Daniel's chapter one through seven, and it it basically tells the story of uh of Daniel going into uh, Nebuchadnezzar's court, right, and then yes. ending up in Belshazzar's or in uh, ending up in Darius's court right and and it's just story driven and then all of a sudden in Hebrew it switches to prophecy right so chapters 9 through 12 is Daniel first person prophecy and so people have argued well obviously I mean we we did a whole study on or you can go check out that that Daniel because I really dove into Daniel my my last semester um, yeah but we did a whole thing about uh, Daniel being authentic and uh, and written by Daniel in right. that in that time period you can go back and listen to that but a lot of people are like well this just proves that you know Daniel didn't write it it was you know the first parts in third person somebody else wrote that and then the second part was obviously written during the uh, um, during the uh, um, what's it called? After the exile, um, post-exilic, right? Yeah. Well, if you actually look at the chiastic structure, it makes it, it brings whole new light to it. So let's talk about let's talk about the stories first off. The Aramaic Daniel chapters two, three, four, five, and six. Okay. So, and I'm going to leave off chapter one because that's just an introductory chapter, but it, it, you know, it, it's, it kind of, it focuses in on it. So chapter one and two can be connected together. Um, but in chapter one, it tells the story of Daniel coming into Nebuchadnezzar's court with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. And, uh, and the whole eating their, you know, choice plants versus right. Daniel and them refusing, but chapter one and two, Coincide together, and it, the main focus is Nebuchadnezzar's dream, right? Yes. So we'll call that A, all right? Now, if you go down to Daniel chapter 7, we have mm-hmm. another dream from Nebuchadnezzar, right? And this is the four beasts from the sea. You remember that one?
0: Yes. Well, this is so, more of a vision from Daniel, right? Say what? This is more of a vision from Daniel.
1: Yes. Is this the vision? I thought Nebuchadnezzar had another dream. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, this is a vision from Daniel. I'm sorry. So Daniel chapter 7 is Daniel's vision. That's right, of the four beasts from the sea. It,
0: Which mirrors.
1: But it mir- <laughs> what I'm saying is it mirrors Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Yes. Yeah, so so Nebuchadnezzar kingdoms. has a dream of the four kingdoms. Daniel has a prophetic vision of the four kingdoms. That's A. Yes. So, if you look at Daniel chapter three, it's a story of Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. Nebuchadnezzar yep. builds this gigantic statue, commands Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down. They don't. It's the story of mm-hmm. the fiery furnace fiery and furnace. the the faithfulness of God in the midst of trial. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at Daniel chapter six. It's Darius sending Daniel into the lion's den because he prays. Yes, right. <laughs> so you have that story, and these are definitely coinciding, right? These are these are both stories about a proud king or a proud kingdom, mm-hmm. and God's faithful being punished and coming out without a you know without without being scathed. Right Then you look at Daniel chapter 4 And it's Nebuchadnezzar's story About his pride Yes And being humbled, Turned into a wild beast <laughs> Right?
0: Yeah, the lycanthropy chapter
1: The lycanthropy chapter <laughs> If you look at Daniel 5 We have another king Belshazzar Who's just as prideful And he uses The uh He throws a banquet. It's the mini, mini tickle perishing.
0: Yeah, the handwriting on the wall. The
1: handwriting on the wall. The story of another king whose whose pride gets him into a whole lot of trouble, and he ends up dying that night, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at 4, verse 37, you have the center of the entire thing, and it's written in Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are true, his ways are just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride.
0: (laughs) So good.
1: The entire first half in the Aramaic, and it's written in Aramaic, just that block in Aramaic, focuses on pride of human kingdoms and their downfall and the exaltation of God as the true king.
0: Hmm. So, the, one of the things that I like about this is <laughs> Daniel is a disputed book. Yes. And not only because of the reasons we talked about in our Daniel episode, but also because of the quote-unquote end times prophecies that are held in the last few chapters. Yes. And there's lots of debate about what all that stuff means, right? To me, this helps you understand that you're barking up the wrong tree. If that's where, if that's what you're arguing about in the book of Daniel, you're barking up the wrong tree because the meat of it is exactly what you just read.
1: Right. That's Nebuchadnezzar's the whole
0: point. Humbleness, being humbled before God. Yeah. Nations, kings, the everything that that stands on this earth bows before God.
1: Exactly.
0: And there, and there is no exception to this. All kings, all princes, everything falls down before exactly. God. Exactly. So yeah, that's the point of the book. So right. don't get so hung up on the on the end of it, because right. to me the chiastic structure helps explain those as well. By the way,
1: absolutely. And so if you have the Aramaic, it tells you that all the human kingdoms are going to fall down, and uh, and and God is the true King of Heaven. The second half which is the Hebrew version, our Hebrew parts, chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, which are spoken in first person and are all prophecy, Mm -hmm. are also chiastic, and they point specifically to how everything else is going to fall down and everybody's going to worship God. Yeah. That's what's nuts about this. So if you look, Daniel 8 is the prophetic details of the second and third kingdoms. If you look at Daniel 11 you have the prophetic details of the third and fourth kingdoms.
0: Mm.
1: Then if you look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 23, you have Daniel's prayer for deliverance of God's people. And then if you look at Daniel 10, it's another Daniel prayer and fasting for deliverance of God's people. Then get this. Everything turns. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 and 25 is the arrival and purpose of the Messiah. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel chapter 9 verses 26 and 27 is the death and return of the Messiah. And at the very center is Daniel chapter 9, 26, then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. So this idea of the coming of the Messiah. Yes. <laughs> so yes. the whole point the, the whole point of Daniel is we, and, and this is a, a great picture, by the way, if you actually look through, I mean, Genesis, starting with the Tower of Babel, you have this image that God is creating of human kingdoms trying to build themselves and failing. Yes, yes. Through pride mm-hmm. and then being cut off, <clears throat> but God's kingdom established and lasting forever.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it's so good. So, the chiastic structure mm-hmm. just feeds into this.
0: Yeah, there's yeah go, go ahead. ahead well there's one was there's one other thing i wanted to 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 uh to bring out about daniel but is because I saw a uh, another uh, study of the chaostic structure of daniel and it was talking about how chapter one you know even com even though we kind of glossed over it right was about the the exile to an unclean realm of the dead yes and at the end you have a return from a return. exile. That's right. And the resurrection from the dead. Yep. So it's even like, every time you think that it's through, <laughs> it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> it's so deep and so amazing.
1: Yeah, it's just brilliant. And that's the that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it just blows me away. <laughs> like, okay, so, I mean, we've talked about Single verses, Mm -hmm. we've talked about large chunks, chapters, and then large stories. We've even talked about whole books, but the entire Bible itself (laughs) is a chiasm. (laughs) If you actually look at it and see, this is from uh, so Sandy Young, the story of redemption. I I didn't come up with this, but you can see it labeled here, and it's just it's absolutely incredible. So we all know that. The story of the Bible begins with God creating the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. And the story of the Bible ends with God creating a new heaven and the new earth. Yes. It goes to man is created in the image of God and the first marriage takes place. Second to last is Jesus Christ. The image of God is married to his bride, the church.
0: Spirit and the bride say come.
1: That's right. (laughs) Then you have the first Adam fails Uh, As a representative resulting in condemnation. The last Adam returns and is vindicated before all. You have unholy cities are being built. Enoch and later Babylon and uh, Sodom. You have Babylon falls and the holy city will come down from heaven in Revelation. Yeah. You have the unholy cities are being... Sorry, you have the judgment by the flood that comes in the days of Noah, but his uh, remnant is preserved. And then you have the judgment comes upon the nations on the, as in the days of Noah, but a remnant is re- preserved, mm. right? <laughs> you have God raises up a people for his own possession through Abraham. And then you have God gathers a people, the church, for his own possession. Mm. You have the Abrahamic covenant, uh, which means blessing will come to the nations. And then you have the gospel is spread as a blessing to all the nations. You have the Mosaic Covenant, which is righteousness and relationship with God is needed. You have the New Covenant, brings God's righteousness in presence. You have the Davidic Covenant, life under God's anointed ruler. You have the New Covenant begins, Christ rules with authority. The prophets bear witness to a coming ruler, the Christ. Jesus Christ, or sorry, the apostles bear witness of Christ risen. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ is born in the city of David. Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. And then what is in the very center? Jesus Christ is crucified. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not insane? Uh, That's the story in the history of redemption in a chiasm.
0: I love it. (laughs) It's it's so good. Yeah. And and it's like... Just whenever you think it's done, too. like Everywhere you you turn. You um, have these mirrors. It's just, yeah, in small ways, in big ways, it's all over the place. Exactly. Um, You know, Jesus says, No man can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other, and you cannot serve God and mammon. So it's like, that's chiastic. Yep. And and, and then, uh, come unto me. All ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. The middle part of that is, uh, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart. Mm. But then we back up. And you shall find rest to your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. light. So he talks. It starts out with saying it's, it's heavy, ends with him talking about it being light. Talks about next to giving you rest. And he says, you'll find rest into your souls. And right there in the middle is learn of me for I'm meek and lowly of heart. Right. And then, of course, one of the, one of the ones that just blows me away is, um, is there in the garden, uh, Genesis 3 uh, and 6, where it says she ate from the fruit of the tree and then gave it to her husband. They realized they were naked. Adam and Eve hid themselves. Right in the middle, the Lord called God or the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? So he says, I hid myself. So Adam they <laughs> hid themselves. And, and following this says, I hid myself. They realized they were naked. And he says, who told thee thou were, thou wast naked. Um, and we ate from the tree, or did you eat from the tree that was um, told you not to? And he says, Hast thou eaten of the tree? So it's like, a, it's like everything. It's like everywhere you turn, Right. It, is, it is everywhere.
1: It, it's just absolutely brilliant. In a small and, you know, and big way, yeah. To me, this is just a, a picture of, of God's divine inspiration, number one. But number two, it, it going back to the hermeneutics thing, it mm-hmm. helps you understand, like for the book of Daniel, for Moses, especially for um, for so many of these other, other passages in, in Psalms and Proverbs, specifically when we get down to nitty-gritty stuff, it helps you actually understand the meaning behind the text, the point, oh, yes. because yes. it points out that central aspect. Which look is for such, look for the meat. Exactly, look for the it's meat. Such an the important thing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Anytime Any, you
0: find a passage you can't understand, start to look around it and see. Okay, am I in the middle of a sandwich? <laughs> 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 am I getting caught up on the lettuce when I really need to be biting into the meat? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, yes. Look for the deeper meaning; it's always there. Yeah, it's always important.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, well, that's well. That's all I got. You have any news for us? Um,
1: you know, we kind of covered at the beginning. I was going to talk about the chosen oh, and, and the problems yeah. with that. Uh, let's see some some serious news uh, coming out of the um, Southern Baptist camp. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um. But uh, so the it, we had the the largest recorded Southern Baptist Convention in his like in twenty not in history in twenty five years. The last time the convention was this large was uh yeah. Uh, I should have let you do the stinger. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, you mean this one?
1: And now the news. <laughs> So, uh, in Christian news from around the world right now, uh, Memphis, Tennessee is closing up their big old uh, Southern Baptist Convention. It's one of the largest Southern Baptist Conventions that's been held in 25 years. The major discussions and issues were central to it were the, uh, the critical race theory, Argument that uh, has a lot of conservative Southern Baptists up in arms, as well as, of course, the egalitarian slash complementarian mm-hmm. argument that's been yeah. going on in our Southern Baptist churches. And the biggest thing is uh, that they voted on a new president. Uh, and so now we have a new president. We, I say we, I guess I am part of a Southern Baptist church, but yeah, there's a new president... Uh, oh, you are. for the Southern Baptist Convention. His name is Ed Little uh, Litton. Sorry. And it's kind of shocking uh, that uh, that he got voted in because he was going up against the likes of Al Mohler, uh, mm. who is basically the Southern Baptist Pope. I don't know if you've heard me talk about him before. Uh, and, and a lot oh, of people yeah. voted for Ed Litton, who's his middle-of-the-road candidate. And... Probably a good thing for the Southern Baptist Convention, but there are a lot of uh, Southern Baptists that are upset about it, and there are a lot of people that are predicting maybe a Southern Baptist split in the near future, which what? would, again, be nothing new. Because, dun, dun, dun. I mean, we've split before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, I got some Catholic news, not Pope news, but I oh, got Oh, really? Because I was news.
0: itching to push the button.
1: Uh, you can push it anyways. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Brothers and sisters, Come together. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Pope is here. All right. So the Supreme Court sides with the Catholic foster care agency. The United States Supreme Court ruled decisively in favor of a Catholic foster care agency on Thursday with all nine justices agreeing that the city of Philadelphia violated the the First Amendment's protection of religious liberty when it ended a contract with the Catholic Social Services over service to LGBT people. It is plain that the the city's actions have burdened CSS's religious exercise by putting it uh, to the choice of curtailing its mission or approving relationships inconsistent with inconsistent with its beliefs wrote chief justice john roberts philadelphia Mm -hmm. claimed the city could not contract foster care services with a catholic agency that only served married heterosexual couples because of an anti-discrimination law ensuring that everyone regardless of sexual uh, orientation not education has equal access to public accommodations. The court found, however, that foster parenting is not a public accommodation since certification is not available to the public and bears little resemblance to staying in a hotel, eating in a restaurant, or riding a bus. (laughs) That's in their words. (laughs) So uh, strike a win for the the Catholics there who, who fought back against Philadelphia for basically saying they were being discriminant uh in their they're, they're uh, providing their services um because they wouldn't allow LGBT people to be foster parents. Hmm. Pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh let's see, what else? Um how about some church history?
0: Oh yeah. I love that.
1: On this date in 303 A.D., uh, it was the first. Hold on, I just clicked out of that. Hold on. Okay, the first official Roman edict came for persecution of Christians, issued by Emperor Diocletian. Mm. On this, on this date, in let the games begin. That's right. So. The new policy of persecution, persecuting Christians, and it started with the raising of the Church of Nicomedia. Nicom, Nicomedia? Nice. Nice Media. I, I don't know. But thanks, Diocletian. You killed a whole bunch of Christians. Congratulations. Mm.
0: <laughs> Come watch the Christians get eaten by lions. It will that's be right. nice.
1: That's right. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I got, dude. Not a all lot right. happening.
0: Well, we ready to get out of here then?
1: Well, let's get out of here.
0: All right, let's do it. Sorry I was eating chips while you were doing this. Yeah, I heard that. (laughs) 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 The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone.
1: Check out our new uh, new pop culture podcast, Theopop. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience.
0: There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to info at com or call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270.
1: There are... Oh, wait, That's you. Find us on Instagram using app Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts.
0: And if you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a book or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs.
1: Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us.
0: All right, Jeremiah. Thanks for being here, brother. Hey, thank you, man. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
1: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission transmission at gctnetwork.com this is, your great commission transmission. this is your great commission transmission you want to marry him and he don't even know where he belongs and you don't even know where you belong now uh, let me tell y'all everybody here how much i love these kids do you know i love you sir stand up big boy